0: Hello Tallahassee, this is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. I'm Pastor Jack King, I'm your host and uh, I say this is a show about dreams and visions and a church triumphant, alive and well. We talk about the church and we've been doing this now for 990 shows today. I interview people most of the time. And, uh, I love to hear people's passion for the things of God and for his kingdom. And, uh, well, I'm going to just invite you right now. If you are out there listening and you're involved in Christian ministry, then you need to call me and let me get you here on the broadcast. We pre-record. Generally, I like to do it on Tuesday evenings. Uh, I can do it on Thursday night, Wednesday nights, a little bit more difficult, but not impossible. But, uh. Five six seven one seven zero three. That's a number to call, and we'll set it up and bring you in and uh, set you down, and we'll just talk about the kingdom of God together. We do have a few rules on this show. We don't talk sports, politics, doctrine, but we do always speak well of one another. That's the way we've done it all along. Now, started back uh, about two thousand and two. And uh, well, like I say, I've interviewed a lot of people, but today there's nobody here in the studio but me, and uh, as I would say, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and uh, we are here today to talk about this great country that right now is in the process of elections, and if you've tuned in before, you've heard me refer to it as being the Silly season, it gets uh, it gets ridiculous sometimes, uh, but that's because we're passionate as a family, and I, I refer to America, and we are. We're we're a big family. We're very diverse, but we're a family, and we're united in our quest for happiness, for. Uh, to be able to live our lives and raise our families in a way that uh, we see fit. That's a part of our freedom. I thank God for that. And uh, I know, I know we've had our troubles over the years, and we'll have troubles down the road. That's just the way it goes. But when we get into election season, it's like we just pull out all the stops, and uh, we just go at it. Like I said last week, it's, and they say it's a blood sport, this thing called politics. I believe it. Now, as I say, we don't talk about politics here on the show. That's not what we are about. We are about the church. And I have to remind you of that, that that's really our theme and our focus. We're about the church and the people of God and uh, what it is that's possible in our existence, to be able to worship in freedom in the way that we see fit. But as we get into these seasons, there's a tendency to think every four years that, uh, well, this is as worse as it gets. There's never been anything this bad before. And uh, if you haven't uh, studied history, you might have that opinion, especially you may be somebody out there that's listening this morning, and uh, this is all new to you. You're young, and you've never really, really been through a presidential election before, and you hear all the name calling and the, uh, the commercials, and my goodness, you just think this is just the most awful thing that there ever was, Well, <laughs> and I tell you what, it's not unique, but uh, You might remember back in the 70s when uh, Nixon was running and uh, (laughs) McGovern and Thomas Eagleton, a name that many of you may not remember, but he was running for vice president. And of course, uh, whenever uh, the candidates are out there running the other side, they're they're looking, boy, they're looking under every rock, trying to find some advantage, something about their past they can uh, use against them. And uh, they discovered that Thomas Eagleton had uh, somewhere along the line had had some uh, uh, brain shocks. I guess that's a good way of putting it. In other words, electronically, where they had applied it to his brain somehow or another some issue he was dealing with and boy when that news hit it was a oh my goodness this is a total disaster and so the presidential candidate fired thomas eagleton and took him off the ticket <laughs> and, uh, and of course the, the nixon campaign they they picked up on that and they made this uh, looks like a, the size of a dollar bill, a little candidate uh, or a little a campaign slogan. And uh, it said, uh, this money is worth as much <laughs> as McGovern's word to Thomas Eagleton. And uh, I have one of those. I kept it from that. Camp. I think it was 1972. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but uh, I kept that and I still have it to this day. That little, little flyer-like thing it looks like a little dollar bill, and it's got uh, his picture on it. And sure enough, and that's just one of the one of the campaigns when things were, I mean, they were going at it because that's what we do in America. And so I'm going to take you down a little trip down memory lane. And I'm just going to warn you that everything I'm going to tell you is just coming out of my head. I, I have not sat down and researched at all. This is just things that I have read over the years because I'm, I'm a reader. I'm a reader and a kind of an amateur historian. I like history. I really do, especially American history. And so these are just things that I've picked up over the years Uh Just reading. And, of course, you go back to when this country first uh, went through the whole process of of developing the federal government. You realize that that the nation had won its independence and it had been declared. And there was the the years of the uh, Continental Congress. But during those days, the states had an awful lot of independence and there were issues with currency and different things, crossing state lines. And the cry went up, we need to form a central federal government. And so they did. And so then the, uh, the process went through and they decided that they'd have the, uh, the Congress and the Senate and, of course, the Supreme Court. And uh, there'd be a president, which would be the executive branch. And... Uh, When that was decided, now I'm just interjecting here, but I don't think there was a whole lot of question about who the first president of the United States would be, and of course that would be none other than General George Washington, a man who was not only highly respected in America, but really Respected around the world and highly respected even of the uh, British government. They didn't much like him because of his work as the general of the Continental Army, but there was great respect for him. And so, of course, he was reelected or, or, or elected as the first president of the United States of America. He served two terms, and then he said, no, no more. I'm through. And, uh, of course, he could have served more, but uh, he chose to retire back to his home in Mount Vernon, Virginia, and to resume his life as a a farmer. And uh, he did. He went back to Mount Vernon, and that's where he died. And, of course, uh, our next president was... uh, John Adams. Now, here's the thing about John Adams. John Adams, the second president, was a, well, let's just say him and Thomas Jefferson uh, really didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. Of course, Jefferson was the third president, and in the eyes of the uh, genteel, (laughs) such as Adams, Thomas Jefferson was considered to be a, a rule hick and uh, very smart, but uh, they did not want him to be the president. And so the contention between the uh, uh, John Adams' uh, re-election bid was very, very intense to the point to where uh, they strove with one another for the rest of their lives. So John Adams did not get a second term because he was defeated by Thomas Jefferson. But here's the interesting thing about it. Fast forward. They both had served their terms. Uh, Adams one term, Thomas Jefferson two terms. And then they died. But what's unique about it is that they both died on the same day on the 4th of July. And uh, Adams died first. His last words were, Jefferson still lives. <laughs> so I'm just telling you this because just putting it all into perspective because I, I, I find that people get stressed out about this. And uh, a, a lot of con- tension in the country because we think, oh, oh, it's all lost. This this country is just going crazy because we're having a contested election. I like the way uh, George W. Bush used to say it. He says, it's just spirited debate. And I think that's true. A very spirited (laughs) debate (laughs) that's happening in the land. This is the gospel on the radio talk show. I'm Pastor Jack King. I'm just happy to spend these Sunday mornings with you from 6 to 7 here on WTSM 979, your sports monster. And, uh, well, uh, if, if you'd like to be in touch with me for some reason or another, you want to call me or have some comments, 567 uh, 1703. That's my cell phone number, or Pastor J. L. King at yahoo.com. Now, We put these shows on podcast, and generally, we don't uh, podcast these shows that uh, where it's just me and uh, uh, just music because I'll be I'll be playing several songs here today because I love Southern gospel music, and so this has been a part of this show from the time that we started. We've always played gospel music on the talk show, but when it's just me, I play a little bit more. But normally. Because of the music, uh, Brother Doug just doesn't put them on the podcast, but last week, now this is his decision, and I'm, I'm supportive of it, I thank him for doing it, because of the content, because we were talking about the Supreme Court, so what he did, he took all the music out, which made it a, a much shorter show, probably about uh, maybe about 30 minutes, and he put it on the podcast. And it was just talking about the Supreme Court and, of course, the, the what we're facing now with the uh, uh, looking to confirm the new judge, uh, Amy Coney Barrett. And I talked about all the judges that are currently sitting and giving you updates on all of that. So if you're interested in that and you didn't catch the show last week, then go to the podcast. Just type in Pastor Jack King, Tallahassee, and... Go to the daily broadcast and look for show number 989. And you'll find it there, and you can listen to it if you want to. Share it with a friend. Like I say, normally we don't do that, but uh, that was some pretty good content, uh, just some research that I did, and just trying to, trying to help. You know, that's what I, I'm always just trying to help. You remember back during the, uh, the uh, heart of the pandemic when a lot of the churches were closed down? I said, well, I want to fill in the void. So I just had a church service. We did that for five or six weeks, just had church here on the gospel, on the radio talk show, because that helped fill the void, in, in my opinion. Well, now, here election season is on everybody's mind. We're all thinking about it, and I'm just trying to help out a little bit. So I just felt like just taking a little trip down memory lane, And getting it all in perspective might just help. And, of course, um, my advice to all Americans is we need to pray. That's what I said last week on the broadcast when we were talking about the Supreme Court. I said, we're the church, and the thing that we do best is pray. So we need to be praying. We need to be praying hard for this nation in this time. Let God make the choices and let God lead us. I believe that's a good admonition for all of us. This is the Gospel on the Radio Talk Show. You're on WTSM 97.9. Your sports monster coming to you at 6 o'clock on Sunday mornings. Getting used to it now. And uh, I just thank God for the opportunity to share the Gospel in any way we can. And... uh, I do believe that we are a nation blast of God because I believe that we were formed on principles given to us from heaven above. And uh, I believe that our quest has always been to find the riches that God would give to us as a people and as a nation. And uh, I believe that, that the very heart of us as people That we're still there. But I know that there's trouble. And of course, uh, the Lord Himself told us that. He says, For in this world, He said, you're going to have tribulation. And tribulation is trouble. He says, There's going to be trouble. As long as you live on this earth, you're going to have trouble. And America has always had trouble. But we've always stood. And, uh, well, I just think that's a uh, something to consider. Now, let me um, make a suggestion to you: a good book to read. Uh, I, I'm being a little self-serving here, but I, I did write a book, and hopefully, it's the first of many to come. But uh, I haven't been very diligent here lately. I've started a couple, but I have gotten very long on them just yet. But uh, plan to. But this was called dreams and visions, and stories of faith, and it should be of particular interest to the audience of this show because it shows or it's stories that have been told to me here on this talk show. Many of the stories. Now, there's a lot of stories in there that I tell about myself and about my own experience, but it's about faith. And, and the premise that I have, and that's just simply this, is if faith is a process. You don't become overnight the father of faith like Abraham did. But God said that he was a father of faith because he exercised faith. Made some mistakes. Ooh, my goodness, he made some mistakes. But he learned from them. And he learned to trust God. And God said, you are the father of faith. In fact, he's changed his name from Abram to Abraham, which meant father of many. You see, faith is something that you become stronger in it the more you live it out. And so it's called dreams and visions and stories of faith. You can get it at Barnes & Noble or Amazon. Or I've got a few left. I've got to order some more. But uh, you call me, and I'll make you a copy of it, or i get you a copy of it, uh, Twelve ninety-five, Very inexpensive for a good book. So I'm just letting you know about that. Now, talking about presidential elections, the first six presidents of the United States were all from Virginia. Every one of them from Virginia. They were called the Virginia Dynasty. And uh, it was Washington, Adams, Jefferson, Madison, Monroe, and then John Quincy Adams, the son of John Adams, who only served one term and decided he didn't like being the president. And uh, ran for Congress and stayed in the Congress the rest of his life. And he said, this is where I need to be. But uh, the person who followed uh, John Quincy Adams was a, a ruffian, and he really was a ruffian from the state of Tennessee, uh, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson had been a, a war hero and uh, fought uh, against the Indians, and, uh, and um, well, he'd been governor of Florida. <laughs> and uh, Anyway, they did not want him to be the president of the United States. Because of his background, he wasn't from Gentile, Virginia. And so that campaign was ruthless. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a knock down, drag out. And when uh, uh, Andrew Jackson, when he won... Did I say Jackson or did I say Jefferson? I'm Andrew Jackson. Make sure I got the right name here. When he won that election, it was just a disgrace in the eyes of, a, as I say, the Virginia genteel and uh, the upper class. It was a disgrace. And uh, during the inauguration, they just they just trashed the White House or the or the what was then called the executive mansion, but they weren't going to give him that privilege, and so they just said he just lives in that old White House up there. (laughs) It was rough, but then again, so many times in uh, the history of our land, presidential elections have been that way. But here's the thing about it, and we, we have to take note of this: is that we have these spirited campaigns, we fuss and we fight and we we have election, and then what's always been our tradition is those who lose, we lick our wounds and we move on. And those who win, they celebrate, they establish government, they lead the country. And then we wait until the next term, four years, and then we'll do it all over again. See, I remember not too long ago, uh, we had a presidential election and uh, I was not happy with the end result. But see, I've lived through enough of them now to I've I've learned this. You just have to just put it away. But I was not happy with uh, the results of a presidential election, and uh, two or three days went back and or went by, and I'm I'm still dwelling on it and uh, brooding about it. And then finally one day I said, "Well, there's there's only one way in my mind to to get my mind off this." And so I sat down and. Uh, I was at at a job site and my van and I just took my uh, spiral notebook and I just began to write. And I just wrote out all of my frustrations page after page. I just let it, I just let it pour out. I just wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote and wrote wrote until there was no more to say. And uh then after that, I said, okay, I've got it out of me now. <laughs> it's just, I've, I've let it go. And then after that, I said, okay, this is what it is. And then you want to, and I felt better. I did, it did. It was, it was good psychology to me just to get it all out. And, uh, and then that way I had my expressions. I had put them in words to where I could better understand even what I was thinking and what I was feeling in my own heart. And I got over it, and then we went on, and then for long, you have another election, and it just that's the way it is, and, and so I'm just saying that as a as a people, we have to be able to lay these things down, and whoever is elected, we have to acknowledge it, and uh, uh, I, I remember. Was talking to actually in a, one of the books I read about the uh, the the election with uh, Ronald Reagan and, uh, and during the uh, Republican primary, and this was the between uh, George Herbert Bush and Ronald Reagan, and they were both candidates for the Republican nomination, and uh, that uh, primary was a knockdown drag out between the two of them, and. Uh, so it said, um, course Reagan uh, Bush went on, and uh, uh, no, well Reagan eventually uh, uh, became the uh, nominee, and of course, uh, I mean he won the election. But the thing about it is that um, what did Reagan do? Well, he made George Herbert Bush his vice president. And you see, that's not uncommon that to happen, Uh, uh, John Kennedy made uh, Lyndon Johnson his vice president, and that was a uh, horrible uh, primary. I mean, between those two candidates, the contention was sharp. But in order to be able to win the general election, President Kennedy or John Kennedy, the the nominee, he realized that the only way he was going to be able to win is to bring in the Johnson people. And so they formed an alliance, and they became uh, president, vice president, candidate, and of course they, they won a very contested election. That was a real tough one because there was the issue of uh, uh, John Kennedy. Being a Catholic, but that had never happened before, and there was there was concerns about the, you know, what kind of connections does he have to the Vatican and, and all of those things. I remember that. See, I was just a child then, but I remember the discussions about all of this, and uh, that election between him and Nixon was very intense. And then, and I even heard later that there was some uh, irregularities. <laughs> <laughs> in uh, Chicago, which I understand that there usually are, and in Texas. But they said, well, to Mr. Nixon, are you going to contest this? He said, no, the best thing for the country is to go on. Of course, uh, later, he was uh, nominated, elected twice. And of course, we know how all that ended. But you see, here's the thing. <laughs> and this is what I'm just keeping reminding you of this presidential elections very serious business and a lot of stake, and it's a big price and people pull out all the stops and it gets bloody but uh, this is not unique it's the gospel on the radio talk show pastor jack king here behind the microphone enjoying myself on a sunday morning here on wtsm 97.9 talking about this election that's coming up here in a few days and we're getting down to the to the nub of it now and uh, uh, i'm always fascinated by them the always surprises everybody trying to find those october surprises and pull them out <laughs> at the last minute doing everything to get an advantage, uh, the uh, whole uh, politics behind the scenes just fascinate me. But uh, it's not unique. We've we've had this uh, During all of these years. Um, there was a, this would be the ninth president of the United States, William Henry Harrison, and. Uh, he was a, a a Whig, and the interesting thing about the Whigs is that they only ran uh, two candidates to become president, William Henry Harrison and Zachary Taylor. Now, sometimes you'll see where they got uh, John uh, Adams or John Tyler and uh, Miller Fillmore listed as Whigs, but they really weren't. They were vice presidents who became accidental presidents. And uh, John Tyler was the first referred to as an accidental president because the president died in office. But what the Whigs would do, their formula for success, they would always run war heroes or, or generals and things. William Henry Harrison was uh, involved in the, uh, the, the war with the Black Hawk Indians. They referred to him as uh, Tippecanoe. They called him Tippecanoe. And the campaign slogan was Tippecanoe and Tyler, too. And, of course, we know that uh, that, uh, William Henry Harrison died a month in the office because he, uh, on a cold, cold day in Washington, D.C., the inauguration outside, an hour-long speech without an overcoat, and he got pneumonia because he was an old man, got pneumonia and died. But he ran... As a uh, what they call a log cabin uh, candidate, and uh, they've show pictures of him sitting on his front porch with a jug of, of uh, spirits beside him, and uh, just a poor man. But he really wasn't. He was not a poor man at all. But he, that was the that he gave, because you understand that in those days, the candidates didn't run all over the country like they do now, campaigning everywhere. Most of the time, they just sit on the front porch. And other people do the uh, do the campaigning for them. But uh, what they did, they took a, a ball of sp- string, and uh, they just started rolling it from town to town. And wherever they would go, they would keep adding string to it because that ball kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and they just kept rolling it from town to town and then saying, Let's get this ball rolling. Well, like I say, uh, William Henry Harrison only served a month in office. Now, the interesting about it is that uh, the vice presidential candidates and the presidential candidates didn't run on the same ticket in those days. John Tyler was a Democrat. Uh, Of course, uh, William Henry Harrison was a Whig, and so when Harrison died, well, the Whigs didn't want Tyler because he was a Democrat. The Democrats didn't want him because he ran with a Whig, and so his uh, presidential term didn't really accomplish a whole lot because he had very little support. He died in uh, 1862 during the early days of the Civil War it didn't even hardly make the headlines but he said well maybe they'll remember me now because kind of a, what you'd describe as being a, a forgotten president see here's, a, here's something that, that happened to me when uh years ago we were uh, a tribe my family and I now we with all the children in the van and the uh, We'd stop at my parents' place up in Kentucky, and uh, there in the old house upstairs, and kind of a little library there, it was an old book, and it was a book of all of the presidents up to that point. Whenever the book stopped, it probably was uh, probably stopped with the eyes of maybe. And so I thought it'd be interesting that while we were traveling to teach uh, about the presidents to the children, and they could learn uh, the order and, and be able to name all of them. Well, guess what? They didn't get it, <laughs> but I did. And I could sit down and I could name all the presidents, starting from Washington up to our current President Trump, I could, I could name them all for you. And there was a time when I could actually give you the dates in which they served, but I, that has uh, long since uh, left my brain. And, and uh, back when my brain was a little bit more fertile, I could actually tell you who the vice presidents were. But like I say, that's that's all gone now. But I can still, and in matter of fact, I was just sitting here doing it on my pad as I was uh, listening to the music and things, just, uh, just testing my knowledge. And uh, so far, I'm up to uh, Warren Harding, and I can, I can finish it. There's no problem with that. But I just find it to be fascinating, this whole thing about presidents and uh, campaigns, election, all of the heartache and all of the tension and contention. And believe me, there's plenty of that. The uh, Well, as I said, the Whigs... They 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 only had two candidates who won the election. One was uh, William Henry Harrison, and the other was Zachary Taylor. Zachary Taylor was the the twelfth uh, president. And uh, well, here's the thing: he never campaigned. Uh, basically, what he did, he just sat on his front porch and just waited. They, he knew that his name had been put in. As a, a nominee, so he just waited. Zachary Taylor had been a general during the Mexican War; a battle of Buena Vista was his uh, claim for fame. And so, finally, the the word came that he'd been elected president of the United States. So he made his journey to Washington. Um, he had a horse uh, that was named Whitney. <laughs> and, uh, of course, you can imagine this. Here was a man who didn't have any political experience at all. He was a general. And, uh, actually, he was kind of short. They had to help him get up on old Whitney. But uh, he got involved there in Washington, D.C., as a President of the United States, and just a little over his head. And, uh, oh, he would, he would just duke it out. With the senators and the congressmen, and uh, he would just get so mad and frustrated, he'd just leave the White House and go get on the back of Whitney and just race up and down Pennsylvania Boulevard. And uh, one day, a policeman gave him a ticket for, <laughs> for going too fast on Whitney up and down the street. And then um, one day, he went to a picnic and he ate a bunch of berries. And he got sick, very, very sick. And so the doctors, in order to uh, save his life, did what doctors did during those days. They bled him. He said, what? <laughs> That's what they would do. They would bleed you in those days. They said, they're going to get that, uh, that sickness or that disease or whatever it was out of them by, by bleeding them. <laughs> And uh, really what they did is they killed him, and he died in office. The second uh, president to die in office, and, uh, of course, the second uh, accidental president became uh, Millard Fillmore. Now, here's the thing. Back in the 70s, and I remember this very well, uh, of course, uh, Zachary Taylor uh, was uh, buried in Louisville, Kentucky. And uh, somebody wrote a book talking about the death of Zachary Taylor, and they said there was some controversy about this, and they were afraid that there was some—he'd been murdered—and so they they dug him up. They did. I, re- I remember this. They dug him up, and they and they did a little autopsy on his body and discovered no, there were no poisons or toxins in his body other than those berries that he ate. And they said, well, he needed a haircut and needed to trim his fingernails. Other than that, he was fine. (laughs) Other than the fact that he was dead. But uh, anyway, that's just a little bit of history here. Uh, Here's the thing. That's what I want you to know. Is that we're going to survive this as a country. We're going to make it. We're going to elect a president. And I hope that we're going to get behind whoever it is. And uh, move on, move on as a country because we've got a lot at stake here because this is indeed, in my opinion, the greatest country that there ever was and ever will be. I'm Pastor Jack King. I am your host and I am looking at this clock and I'm going, I don't know where the time has gone by uh, this morning. I have been having so much fun. I've just been rattling, I know. But I've been just telling you stories because I want you to relax and say, hey, God's got this. God's got this. We've had contention in presidential elections. Franklin Pierce, the 14th president of the United States, the Democrats, they didn't even have a candidate. They didn't know who to run. They just kept casting ballots, uh, ballots. About the 35th or maybe it's was the 39th ballot, they finally they came up with the name of a Civil War general uh, who uh, actually is not a Civil War general, but, but a minor general. It was before the Civil War, I'm sorry. And um, nobody knew who he was, Franklin Pierce. But they built him up like he was the most famous man in the world, and guess what? He won. One term, and then uh, James Buchanan became the the uh, 15th president of the United States. And, of course, the uh, uh, the war was looming. And uh, actually, it had actually broken out while he was still in office. And he told uh, Abraham Lincoln, when they were in the carriage riding to the inauguration, he says, if you're as happy to come into this house as I'm happy to be going out, he said, you are a happy man indeed, because he was done with it. And, of course, uh, the burden laid on President uh Abraham Lincoln, who uh, he had a contentious uh, primary debate or, or primary uh, election. And uh, if you ever get a chance to read a book called The Team of Rivals, it's a book worthy of your time to read because basically what uh, uh, what he did is he made all of those that he opposed to the Republican primary um uh, a part of his administration. And Seward was one of those who, you remember uh, Seward's folly because he was the one who, uh, Secretary of State, and uh, purchased Alaska. And uh, just a lot of things that's just been interesting. Uh, the Carter campaign, just moving fast forwarding here. The Carter campaign, you talking about a hoot. <laughs> that was a hoot. With Miss Lillian and uh, his brother Billy and the Billy Beer and, and all A bunch of rednecks from from Georgia, but he became the uh, president, became the president, peanut farmer from Georgia, became the president of the United States, who would have ever thought it, but you see, that's America, that's America, and uh, yes, it gets contentious, and uh, it gets crazy. But my prayer is that God would always lead us and that God would always put the right people in the right place to make us continue to be the greatest nation in the world. And that's my prayer. That's my prayer. Uh, I think about the uh, Roosevelt, uh, Teddy Roosevelt, who He was the vice president for William McKinley who was assassinated. And uh, he finished McKinley's term and had one more term and then he decided he didn't want to run. And uh, he was very instrumental in William Howard Taft uh, becoming the president. He was a part of his administration. But after four years off, he decided he wanted to be president again. And so he formed what is called the uh, Bull Moose Party. Ran against... uh, his own that he put into place, Taft, and the Democrat Wilson, and of course because he ran against his own, uh, they lost, and uh, history was very much affected by that election of uh, Woodrow Wilson, and so it goes. But the thing about it is it said, well, the song that says "God bless America, land." that I love, and I do, and I I love America. I served in the military, wore the uniform of the United States of America. Father God, I come to you today, and I thank you, Lord, for this great land in which we live. And Lord, I pray for peace, for peace in America. I know we're in a spirited election, but God, help us. And Lord, when it's all said and done, give us peace. Let us come together once again as a great nation. Let us go forward, O oh God. And Lord, let us never forget who has made us great. And as we say, let freedom ring. Lord, let us always look to you, who is the giver of life and the author and the finisher of our faith. Father God, I pray for our churches. I pray for our pastors. Lord, I pray for peace. In the city of Jerusalem, and the nation of Israel. And these things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Until next Sunday morning, may the Lord bless you.